What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to our channel. It's your girl, Bex. And I'm Carly. And we deliver content to unlock your mindset and actions to be limitless. Don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Like we always say, bring the bell notification so you can be notified when we're dropping gems just like this. Boom! And we are back with another video. This time, we are interviewing Vanessa, who is a serial entrepreneur. Talk about side hustle queen. Yeah, um, working like a regional manager within the healthcare industry, um, and then also has three side hustles in completely different areas, which is incredible. So you're going to hear all about how she started them, why she started them, and just learn a little bit more about how she juggles them and her journey. Cool. Let's go. Okay, so this week, welcome Vanessa. Um, welcome to the channel. Um, a multiple Hi. business owner, full-time mum. Where did you get this insane work ethic from? Oh God. Um, so when I was growing up, I was always surrounded by my family that had multiple jobs. So it's very normal for me to be surrounded by people that had two, three jobs at a time. So when I grew up, it was just kind of normal like it didn't feel like I was doing anything out of the ordinary so when people say to me oh my god you've got two free jobs it's, for me it, it just feels normal and um I feel like that's where my work ethic came from I got my first job when I was 16 working at Marks and Spencer's in the cafe and I was quite proud of myself because I was like the only one out of my friends to have a job at that age and then you know, from then it was like a domino effect. I just kept on working and it just never stopped. Went to university and worked two jobs while I was at university oh. as well. Yeah, um, because I was, <laughs> I was so poor. I refused to like to, my other friends at uni were eating like chicken nuggets and chips every day for dinner. And I refused, you know what I'm like, Carly? <laughs> I, I I can't have chicken nuggets and chips Fancy. for dinner every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I just worked two jobs on the side. So I worked at Debenhams as a supervisor whilst I was at university. And that kind of gave me the confidence to like see I could do more because I was still excelling at university and I was able to still work a night shift and, you know, wow. work on weekends while <laughs> <laughs> able to do, you know, do my full time studying. So from early on, I was able to see I was, I was, you know, able to do a lot um, in the week. So I think that's where my work ethic has come from. Just not really ever stopping. <laughs> and you've got three side hustles. Actually, you've got your main job and you've got three, two or three side hustles. Like, how are you juggling all of that? So I feel like I prepared myself for this, for this journey from everything that I've just said that really prepared me. So right now I do have three side jobs um, alongside my, my main full-time job. But I'll be honest, my full-time job, it, I work from home three days a week. Yeah. So it's not, it's not a challenging role time-wise. Mentally, it is exhausting because of the information that I'm exposed to. I'm a regional quality assurance manager for uh, mental health hospitals. Oh, and wow. um and learning disability care homes so I do come across a lot of information that is quite challenging to hear mm. but in terms of time it doesn't take a lot of time out of my day 
Yeah, so when people ask me um, what I do for a living, I tell them that I'm a regional quality assurance manager for mental health hospitals. They're like, oh my God, like, how do you do that? Plus do your side hustles. And I'm very open and honest. It doesn't take a lot of time out of my life. I do my nine to five and I decide to do my side hustles when I work from home. So my three days a week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that gives me the time to nip in and out of my day job mm. and I can do little things on the side for my um my side hustles so and also with my side hustles I strategically look for side hustles that don't take too much time out of my day yeah so nice. I own three uh companies so one is a software company again I don't need to leave my house for that I can do everything I need to do for that from my house I meet with uh, my teammates on zoom we meet probably about 45 minutes to an hour a day that's our input to that um that software and that company um so again it's an hour a day it's not a lot and then for my other company I own a um a BBL beds company which is <laughs> I'll go into it a bit later <laughs> um <laughs> So that again, takes about 20 minutes out of my day. All it requires is for me to check my orders for the day and to pack them up and to take them to the shop for dispatch. It's 20 minutes before the school run. That's all done before I even start my day. Wow. And um, I also have another uh, company called the High Food Clinic Bedfordshire. So that's that's in the beauty industry. And again, if I get clients, I probably get about one to two clients a week. It's that takes two to three hours out of my week. So I strategically look for businesses that don't take too much time. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it's really cool. It's super, super cool. So just quickly, like going back to a couple of things you said, like at university, what were you studying? What did you study? So I studied criminology and sociology. And and the sociology part is that where you've got into the mental health sector, or um, so so both sides. So criminology, um, the criminology side is like the study of why people commit crimes, and a lot of the people that are in our mental health hospitals have a really criminal background. So um, I'm able to advise and um, advise the hospitals on how to support those those pa- those patients. And the sociology side, again, helps because I'm able to understand the sociological reasons to why the patients are where they are in their lives. For example, if they've had a a mental breakdown or something has triggered their schizophrenic episodes, sometimes it is related to sociological reasons such as poverty Mm -hmm. or or things like that. It It can stem from that. So a lot of our clinicians really focus on the clinical side but actually sometimes there are sociological reasons behind their mental um depression and um things like that so also as well like um you said like strategically you always fight you find things that's not gonna like overrule your life and it's something that you can dip in and out of like did you learn that as did you have like any failures as you were going along that made you able to say this is the strategy that I'm going to employ going forward or is it just something that was in you and something that you've you've you saw in your family that they did yeah so like I said at the the beginning of the call all of my family 
had two to three jobs when I was growing up and they were really difficult, long, long shifts. You know, like my dad was a bus driver. He would work 12 hour shifts. And then he also worked at the airport cleaning planes. Um, so again, that was 12 hour shifts. My mom, she was a cleaner at a school plus a cleaner at um, a hotel. So really long, tiring shifts where they're, they're coming home tired and exhausted and grumpy. And I was exposed to that as, you know, when I was a child. And I said to myself from a very young age, I'm not doing that. <laughs> it's just not, not doing it. <laughs> so I feel like that's where my drive has really come from, watching my parents and my wider family as well work back-to-back jobs being tired and exhausting and Mm. I as I grew up I always kind of said to myself I'm only looking for jobs and investments where it's not going to take too much time but it's it's going to be financially rewarding so it's it's taken a lot of research and talking to a lot of people to see what industries and avenues I can go down for me to succeed but not take too much of my time yeah that's smart yeah very smart um I I like that that you've like literally done the opposite of what and and I think it's important that we have these exposures when we're younger because it can shape where you want to go um so we often hear about like the why of why why people do what they do so what's yours like why have you got why have you got this drive I know you've you've grown up around it but what is your actual why is it for money is it for you um your daughter is it for what is it for so I'll be honest in the very beginning it was all about the money and stability. Um, but ultimately, that was for my daughter. I wanted to provide a stable life for my daughter. I didn't want to be the stereotypical single young mum who is living on you know, benefits, living in a council house and not able to provide, um, you know, just these horrible stereotypes that mm-hmm. I don't even believe, but they get thrown on you as a single mum. Mm. and I got all sorts of horrible comments you know when I first had my daughter because I was only 22 when I had her and I had all you know I wouldn't say my family but a a few sneaky comments from from people to say oh you're too young you know how are you going to do this how are you going to do that and I proved them all wrong you know that kind of gave me the confidence and motivation to say, I'm going to come back and I'm going to prove you all wrong. And so I'm glad I got those yeah. comments. I'm glad I got those negative comments because um, they really they really pushed me. Um, so, yeah, I think ultimately in the beginning, it was all about providing stability for my daughter. And now as time has gone on and I'm older and wiser, it's all about just putting my footprint on the world and just becoming an entrepreneur. Like I I absolutely love opening new businesses and being successful and learning as well. I love learning new skills. So if I feel like, oh, I can do that, that's gonna be a good investment, I will do it. Hmm. I love that. So many people shy away from that or they're they're scared of the the hard work. But like you say, if you, and that's what me and Bex always talk about, that footprint, leaving leaving a legacy, achieving more than just, just being, oh, I'm born, I have a job, go on a couple of holidays and then I die. That's it. I'm like, no, we only get a short time. Let's let's do something amazing while we're here. So I love that. Um, yeah. 
just on those jobs then so I think the first one you set up was a software company right so how did you what triggered that and then why then the next one and then the next one so the software that I own so it's called CareView and it's a online care management software for the care industry so ultimately what triggered it is is my experience so like I said uh, before, I'm a regional quality assurance manager for mental health hospitals and care homes. So I was able to see where the gaps were. Mm. So at the moment, 85% of our industry are still working on paper documents. Wow. So recording you know, care plans on Word and printing it and putting it in a paper file and then storing it in a, in a cupboard somewhere. And it's like, are we really still doing that? Yeah. And and like writing notes to say what the patient is doing, the patient is asleep. And it's like, really? That should be on an iPad or 100%. on a phone or a work phone and updating it, you know. So we ma managed to see that gap and we did some research, me and my business partner, we did some research to see what the comp competition was. And we noticed there were a few softwares out there, but we decided to go the extra mile and do a complete single platform that covers every single thing you need in the care home from start from the start of the shift to the finish from the, to the end of the shift that currently does not exist in europe wow. so we are the first software company in europe to create that and um so that was ultimately triggered from my me being in this industry and, and seeing a gap in the market wow. you know what I love about that yeah sorry Carly it's just that the tenacity that you have and the fact that and, and what you you see the really successful people they work in an industry they spot the gap and they go and find the solution and that's what you're doing which is is really really incredible to be fair so good because so many people like you say would just put up with that I mean I remember when I first started um started at Amazon like it was that's how we used to do stuff. We used to have to write on Excel, print it off, go and do bin checks. And then obviously we've got more and more software and it's just like, it's a pretty much a tech company now. Um, yeah. So having that opportunity to innovate is less so there, but obviously there's a lot of industries that are just not there. And I know like the health and stuff like the sectors are so behind, even like when my dad was in hospital, just some of the stuff I'm like, what the hell? They're literally just sitting there making all these notes. I'm like, this is insane. And I love the fact that you've gone, well, I'm going to be the one to make that change. That's incredible. Yeah. The clipboards need to go, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> clipboard at the end of important. the bed, <laughs> I've got my clipboard. I'm super important. <laughs> Oh, honestly, they need iPads. But like like you said, Carly, the healthcare industry is so behind, it's so underfunded. But my main target audience is the private sector mm -hmm. who have millions and billions of pounds gotcha. to invest in software. And um, you know, that's that's our current target audience. So cool. It's really good. Really good. So you also asked what was the trigger for that? And then what was yeah, that? Then what yeah, then the next one, yeah. So business number two was BBL beds. So I'm sure you both know that BBL stands for Brazilian butt lift. Uh, <laughs> so I was scrolling through TikTok as you do. And then a, um, a video come up with these girls who were struggling to sit down. So after you have a BBL, you can't sit down for six weeks. Wow. You can't lay down on your back and you can't sit down for six weeks weeks any pressure will literally just ruin your bum basically 
So I just thought, I was like, well, these girls are idiots. Why don't you just get a bed that has a hole in it? And I was like, oh, hold on a minute. Let me look, see if it exists. (laughs) So so I researched it and actually I thought I was really clever. I thought, oh, I've I've got, I'm onto something here and it exists in the USA. So I was like, oh, okay. So then a few days later, I thought, you know what? Let me check if it exists in England or in Europe. And there were no companies in England that were selling this bed or had stock of this bed. So I done a bit more research and realized that the US company, they don't ship to Europe because of uh, pricing. It was just, yeah, it was just too, it was just too expensive. So I said, okay, there's a gap in the market here and I'm going to take, I'm going to be the first to, to do that. So um, I've done my research, um, made a prototype and asked a company in China to uh, make 1000 beds for me. And they did. And that's how it all started. It just, it was just all from a TikTok video. <laughs> but you know what's crazy and what is really like, inspiring about you is that you're taking massive risks yeah a thousand beds that i know for a fact that's that wasn't cheap that no, that's, that wasn't no cheap. way yeah no i'll be honest with the, i'll tell you the upfront costs it was about seventeen thousand pounds to get those beds made and shipped over from china um that was the the cost seventeen thousand and something wow wow that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. What made you go? Because like, like Bex is saying, I know I know some companies obviously they'll be like, oh, the minimum we'll do is 500 or blah, blah, blah. So I know sometimes you're just you're just restricted by that. But what made you go, this is going to work. I'm spending yeah. that 17 grand because I'm getting it back. Let's do it. So originally I was going to do 500. Um, but then they said if I do a thousand, it would be significantly cheaper per bed. So I thought, okay, well, the long-term investment would be better if I do a thousand. And also because I had to, um, I had to ship them on a cargo ship and in, in a container. Yeah. So I, it was cheaper for me to get a massive container than to um, just put it on a section of the ship. Yeah. So when I done my, in, like when I really done my research, I found out that if I, my 500 beds would only take up half of the container but the thousand beds would fill up a whole container. So long-term, it was going to be a better investment to, yeah. to um, order more. So if I ordered 500, it would have still cost me 2,000 pounds to ship them over here. Um, but it cost me 2,800 pounds to ship a thousand. So it was just, no, it was just yeah. cheaper long-term. And I've only got, uh, we've been trading for one, I think 16 months and I've only got 50 beds left. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That shows shows how many girls are are getting. uh, (laughs) Getting their butts done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With that one, are you just going to sell out and leave it where it is or will you re-up? Basically. No, so every, a lot of people have been asking me. I've, I've really thought about it and I'm going to sell out. It's just, it's not something I'm passionate about. And I would prefer to focus my energies into things that I'm passionate about. It, honestly, yeah. like me and my family on a daily basis, every morning, packing up beds, 
taking them to the shop it's just not something I'm passionate about it's, it's easy money it's good but it's 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 had its time now um no but I, I rate that you know I rate that I think you again it's like you just know when it feels like you just know when to move and and I really I, I admire that I think it's pretty cool um yeah the next the next company is the beauty one oh, yeah so the high food clinic so do you guys know what Haifu is by any chance? I actually okay. don't. Yeah, so it's quite new and that's why I went for it. So Haifu uh, stands for High Intensity Focused Ultrasound. So it's a new non-invasive skin tightening treatment. So it's the best alternative to plastic surgery. Um, so at the moment, most clinics are offering laser skin tightening. I'm sure you guys have heard of laser skin tightening. Haifu is, is a next level, basically. It goes deeper. Um, it targets your muscles rather than just the first layer of your skin. So it's it's like more likely to have you know stronger results and longer lasting results as well. So what triggered that? Um, I just woke up one day and said, I want to start another business. And as you do. Um, <laughs> And I want to learn new skills. So I just researched my area. So I live in Bedfordshire. So I looked at uh, gaps in the market, the beauty industry for Bedfordshire. And I could see there weren't many clinics offering Haifu. So I thought, okay, that's, that's got to be my stamp. There are so many girls doing waxing, eyebrows, eyelashes, things like that. And also the return of investment wasn't going to be significant enough for me to, to make that uh, step. I wanted to go for a treatment that was going to be a minimum of 200 pounds an hour because I knew that I was only going to do at least one or two treatments a week. I didn't, like I said at the beginning of the call, I am only interested in doing businesses that are not gonna to take too much of my time. Yeah. So, one to two hours a week, I said to myself, that's all I will dedicate to it. And that's that's what I'm doing. So it's worked out. That's Done my sick. training, <laughs> ordered the uh, the equipment and yeah, it's going well. So how do you, um, so you had to do a qualification, I would presume. Yeah. Um, and then how do you market for that? Have you got a website and everything? I do have a website. I do have an Instagram page. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not, that's one downfall of me. I'm not really into social media. <laughs> so I need to improve on that. But the website is great. It runs itself. Um, I've asked some, I've asked like a tech guy to set it up. So it advertises itself. And if people type in Haifu on Google, it just pop, mine pops up. So that's how people contact me mainly. So good. It's so good. You're pretty, you're pretty inspiring. Um, so what, re like, what are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Like, I know that you're looking for gaps in the market and I think that that's probably one of your strategies. It looks like everything, something that's new, you're willing to go for it, which is, is a bit mad because there's not necessarily like a, proven blueprint to say it's going to work so actually it's pretty pretty crazy crazy but what are some of the best resources that you've um used um 
my family and friends definitely I do turn to them as soon as I've got an idea I call them and I say oh what do you think of this and they are the devil's advocate they're like go for it go for it even if they <laughs> even if they don't believe in it they'll just like go for it you know if you're doing it Vanessa you know you'll make it work so yeah so they always give me the encouragement to, to do it and also YouTube, I've learned so much from YouTube. I always, you know, go onto YouTube, see who else is doing it and other people's journeys as well. Cause you know, everyone loves to document, you know, their, yeah. their successful stories these days. I love to see success stories. I'm always, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm for it. Love listening to podcasts as well. Listening to um, business successes and failures as well. Yeah. I particularly yeah. like to listen to the failures. Well, what, I shouldn't really call them failures, setbacks should I say <laughs> setbacks? Cause I learn a lot from them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think they're my, my biggest resources, I would say. And what I love about that is that they're all free. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't like to pay for anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's really yeah, sick. YouTube. So looking back over the, the businesses then, what, What's the one thing that you say you lot watch a lot of videos that you wish you had known before you'd got started? I don't know if maybe a particular one or across all of them. So with the BBL beds one, because I just went straight in, I dived in head first to like the deepest part of the pool with that one. I didn't really have any experience in the industry. So the getting the beds over from China to the warehouse was a massive challenge. I learned so much along the way. I think I lost about a thousand pounds as well because we, it, when the beds got shipped over, it was, they were supposed to come in the November before we left the EU. And then it's like the companies were trying to, to delay it. So it hit on January 1st mm. and then the beds came on January 1st and I had to suddenly pay these increased fees because obviously we're no longer in the EU. So the prices um, increase. So I wish I anticipated that yeah. and um, known more about the um, exporting and importing side of it because that, that was very difficult for me. I, I was all last minute. Um, had no idea how to pay custom fees. I thought everything was included in my package of when I, <laughs> I thought it was like an all-inclusive package. You know, I put the beds on the, on the cargo ship. I paid, paid my fee for that. And I thought that was it. No, there was so many layers to mm -hmm. it. It was unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I wish, I wish I knew more about that before bulk buying uh, stock from China. Just on that then quickly, how did you find the company that you were going to use? Like what sort of research were you doing to, to find that out? Because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, they want to ship and they know China's probably the best place, but you don't see them. And there's, there's the trust thing as well. It could be anywhere in the world. You just, you don't know them. So what did you do? So I went onto a website called Alibaba. Yeah. Um, and there are loads of companies on there that, um, you know, are from China, India, Turkey, you name it. And I explored many different options in the beginning, looked at a few different countries for manufacturing. And I looked at reviews as well. So what the, uh, the good thing about Alibaba, they've got customer reviews and oh, ratings. Brilliant. They've got like yeah. scores, ratings as well. And only verified businesses can set up an account for 
Alibaba, which is good. So I trusted That's that. Brilliant. And I read through lots of reviews as well from other um, companies, made sure they were actually verified companies as well. So I checked that from the reviewer, you know, Googled the company name, made sure it was actually verified reviews as well. So that was how I trusted the company I was going with. And also the representative from those that company that I used was really good, very professional. And we had daily contact as well. Um, so that kind of gave me a lot of reassurance that I was going in with a good company. And it was, I'd say it was, it was really good, really positive experience apart from the, the shipping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't, apart from that, yeah, it just didn't come with the package. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I thought this was an all-inclusive package. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's, um, I think that's the only thing I can really think of. Yeah. Sick, sick, sick. Um, maybe you could bring out an ebook or something. So, <laughs> 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 um, yeah. so I know we've actually touched on this, but um, there is some advice out there to focus on one course until successful. So, would you say that you didn't move on to the next business until you felt you were quite, set up in the one that you was doing or did you like how long was it between each of the businesses that you set up so careview was the first one that's the priority for me so nothing none of my other businesses will ever take priority over careview um careview we started developing careview in 2018 or was it 2017 yeah 2018 and development was going on for at least two years and a lot of the development side is it's not it's nothing to do with me I don't I don't uh, do the coding and things like that that's another team so I was kind of left you know just twiddling my fingers <laughs> because it takes at least a year or two to develop a software so that kind of gave me the um the time to go into something else but like I said, with BBL beds, it didn't take a lot of time. It took about three to four weeks to set up. And on my on a day-to-day basis, it takes 20 to 30 minutes out of my day. So like I said before, it was a strategic move. And I knew it wasn't going to take too much of my time away from Careview and my main job and my family. That's sick. So with your team, and I'm just going to jump to the next question that I've got, Carly. Um, so I know you said that you're going to allow the beds to kind of fall by the wayside. So will you be looking to start up something else? Probably, maybe, I'm not sure. Careview is obviously your, your main thing. Or do you think that you'll invest more time into the Careview to scale up and go massive with that? Yeah, so we we plan to really focus on Careview over the next couple of years. Um, we've we've realised that our time investment in it has been sufficient, but we need to bring in additional resources, people with expert marketing experience, because that's where we are lacking at the moment. We have a great tech team who are outstanding, and we have you know myself and a few other uh, people from my field that are um, you know great, and we have all the knowledge in the world, but we lack the advertising and marketing experience. So the next step is to really focus and drive that forward. So I don't I don't plan to start any other businesses for the foreseeable future. Get bored. <laughs> <laughs> I say that, but yeah, 
um, who knows what the future holds. <laughs> and the people that you work with, do, do you know them? Or again, like, how did you find them out and vet, like, yeah, they've got the same vision, they're going to be on the same kind of trajectory as me in terms of getting this and making this successful? So the software side, um, so the software lead, he is a friend of mine and he is great, you know, and he's the one that outsourced his team uh-huh. to support him with that. Um, so I trust him and his judgment completely with the tech side of things. So we've split the, the responsibilities um, between tech and um, what the content is really. So I know exactly what the software needs and what the uh, requirements are in order for us to meet the needs of the the customers. I tell him what I want and him and his team will literally just make it happen. It's it's crazy. I tell him what I want. I literally draw it and it's on the screen in (laughs) in a matter of weeks. And it's like, (laughs) how did you do that? It's absolutely (laughs) crazy. Like this was in my head and now it's on a software. It's it's crazy. But yeah, they're, they're great. So it's, it's mainly friends um, and also from my, from my team, um, old colleagues as well. Wow. Yeah, so it's all quite close, close knit. We haven't done any advertising um, for jobs or anything like that as of yet. Yeah, I can imagine That's, that that could be so big, that company, honestly. Yeah, I bet off. you're excited about that. Like, yeah. yeah. It's my baby. Honestly, it's my baby. I love it. So just going back to something you just said about jobs. So starting up in like with what you're doing is is quite an investment as well. Like it's not cheap exactly to get your like to get tech people and all the rest of it because they're super skilled. So how are you doing? Like how are you paying for that? Or is people are people got a percentage of the company or or is it just like your friends are helping you out and you'll reward them later? Like what's kind of the if you don't mind sharing, by the way, No, I don't mind. I think it's a really good question to ask. I've been so blessed with the people that are around me and the, um, my business partner, he's on board with me. Like we don't even get paid from Careview yet. And his team are, I say team, it's only two two other people. Um, They are so passionate about the software and they have a true belief that it's going to explode one day. And they just know that they'll get compensated down the line and they're doing it for experience as well, because it doesn't exist anywhere else. Mm. You know, this is a new software that, yeah, it's, it's not anywhere else in the Europe at the moment. So his team are very passionate about making change for the healthcare industry and being a part of that journey. Um, so yeah, I haven't actually had to pay anybody. Wow. That's that's I think that's yeah I think with that you've obviously done very very well to sell the vision and people are buying into your vision and where you're expecting this to go so I think that's a really important point for anybody that's watching 100%. yeah yeah it's they definitely have bought into the vision and even when they've done their own research like the tech guys they've they've honestly in the beginning they were like this can't be true this obviously exists somewhere and they've come back and said no it doesn't like it, it actually doesn't exist. like we're on are board you, with this are you patenting it by the way or um no it's it's not we've gone down the we've had the discussions about it and for us to go down that route it's just too expensive it's not worth the investment and 
it's with IP anyway, it's it's your intellectual property is yours anyway. So the intellectual property belongs to, to Careview and to us. So nobody else technically can copy it. And that's the good thing about software. Obviously, if uh, another software company sees our software and they think, oh, yeah, we're going to pinch that. Well, great. That's up to them. But in a, for them to even get into our software, they would need to have our authorization first and like logins and stuff. And it's very unlikely for anybody, any other software at this time to get access to it because it's it's monitored. A question, a random question, just just to throw it out there, just to, just to test you a little bit. Yeah. If a big investor came along and said, Do you know what, this is amazing, would you sell? Or are you too invested that you're... No, we won't sell. We've had that already. And um, we've had discussions and me and the team said, no, absolutely not. Because we've put our whole lives into this the last two years. We've, we're so passionate about it. And if I saw another investor... If, if I, an investor come along and, and took it and then changed it, mm. I would be upset because ultimately, which I didn't explain at the beginning of the call, ultimately we actually created this software to help care homes meet the, the regulatory requirements. A lot of care homes are struggling at the moment. You know, they're underfunded. They don't have a lot of support from the government and a lot of independent care homes don't have quality teams or inspectors or anyone of like that to come and support them. Mm. So we we developed this software to help mm. these care homes. The goal wasn't to make a lot of money from it. It actually was to try and improve the quality of care for patients and people with learning disabilities. Um, and a lot of there's been a lot of deaths um, in the last several years because of inadequate reporting. So our software stops that. And yeah, the goal is to help really not to make money. Well, make that. money, but not like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we want <laughs> it to yeah. <laughs> yeah so our vision is, is not to sell because that then goes against the whole, our values. Yeah. Our company values. And um, yeah, so absolutely not. I was watching something the other day and they were saying that, I think it was Jeff Bezos that said, if you make something that's there to make people's lives better, you will pretty much guarantee to be successful. And so I yeah. love that you've gone back to the fact that it wasn't about that. Yes, that might be something that ends up happening, but ultimately the goal was there's a problem here and we need to fix it and help people. So that's amazing. Love it. Yeah. So um, you have a daughter. Does she ever talk to you about it, ask questions about it at all? The fact that you do have all these like side hustles on top of your job yeah she's you know I always update her on what's going on in my life like our conversations around the dinner table we'll talk about it you know I'll say to her I've got a client tomorrow for high food she asks me what what is it and I just tell her it tightens people's skin she's like why why would anyone do that and I was like well when you get older <laughs> I was like, you, I said to her, I was like, you know, nanny, she's got all those wrinkles on her head. I was like, it helps, it helps, you know, get rid of the wrinkles. And she's like, oh, okay. So she understands, she understands it. And even with the beds, she actually packs up the beds in the morning. Oh, so she brilliant. helps me. Yeah. And if I need anything printing, she'll run upstairs, get the, the, the printouts, and then she'll um, pack everything away for me. She goes to the shop with us to, to, um, 
to bring it to drop them off at the post office or wherever we're going and she comes to the warehouse as well she loves it she loves being involved yeah she comes to the warehouse and um you know collects the beds with us as well and um with Careview I talked to her about that as well and she doesn't really understand it she's only eight but she knows that if I've got a call don't interrupt me (laughs) (laughs) this is business (laughs) yeah yeah she yeah she she's in she knows that I've got a few things going on and sometimes it's funny because at um at school they went around the class and said oh what their parents do for a living (laughs) and she was like she said to me she didn't know what to say (laughs) she's like my mum has loads of jobs (laughs) and um yeah she 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 actually didn't know what which one to say or how to describe me and I was like, I actually, I don't know how to describe myself either. Entrepreneur. Serial yeah. entrepreneur, 100%. <laughs> I think that's good. And I think that, to be fair, like the exposure that she's getting is similar to the exposure you probably had as a kid. So maybe growing up, she'll probably go What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to our channel. It's your girl, Bex. And I'm Carly. And, stuff, so. and we deliver cool. content to unlock Kids your need to have a little bit of responsibility as well. Limitless. So they Don't understand to like money and how subscribe. things like work and the rest Bring of it. She's still very young. So you but, yeah, I think it's really gems cool. Just like so this. And I feel like Boom! Yeah, yeah. We are back with yet another interview with serial entrepreneur Vanessa, who has got, you know, working in a really, really good good job in the tired and healthcare industry I our house is not like is it healthcare it's considered healthcare mental healthcare yeah I'm tired sometimes a bit moany but (laughs) most of the time I've got the energy to boom and we are back with another video this time we are interviewing Vanessa who is a serial entrepreneur Talk about and side hustle queen and very yeah. working like a regional working. manager within She's the healthcare so industry. Um, kind of and then also has three side my, my hustles in completely different to, areas, which is you know, incredible. So you're going to hear all about all how she started she them, does. why she started she them, and just learn a little bit more about how she juggles them and her journey. So she knows that. I've educated her on that. I'll say let's go or let's very value of it. Yeah, let's go. so so important. Cool. Yeah, let's it go. Is very important. Sweet, Carly. Last question. This is the last one, right? So, so this question we are like to ask uh, everybody at the end is, um, what is the one question that we could have asked you that we didn't? Um, hmm, I think. Oh. Oh, I don't even know. If you don't know, it's fine. What you could have asked me. Um, You know, you usually get the typical questions. Um, Maybe something we've not thought about. I think I would have said, um, and I think, Bex, you asked me already, didn't you? I was going to say, what's next? Like, what's next for me? But I think we touched on that, didn't we? No, I can't think of anything. What about um you're a woman in tech, so part of STEM. Um, how is how is that experience that you're having actually? I think that's a um, you know what? It's actually great. 
um, I've, I've I've actually joined a few um, women in tech groups as well. We haven't really had any Zoom calls or anything like that, but I do get like newsletters and things like that. Um, follow a lot of women in tech Instagram pages and things. So I'm learning because it's it's a completely new field for me. Um, and although I've got a tech company, tech you know the tech guys that deal with that side of things, I do like to get involved and learn things mm. as well. Like I have learned a few new things about tech um, as as time goes on, and you know things that I never thought I would ever know. So I am learning, and it's actually made me want to learn more about it. So me and my you know tech guys, we've actually said like we're going to do a few more courses and stuff to you know to learn a bit more yeah. about that side of things. And ultimately, they they've become more in, interested in the health care side of things as well mm. so they want to do courses on the healthcare side of things oh, and wow. I want to do courses on the tech side of things so ultimately we can you know be more aware of what's going on on the other side yeah because for them they don't really know what why they're doing things until I really explain it to them but maybe if they educated themselves a bit more on it they would understand why and even yeah. come up with ideas themselves rather than just relying on me and my team they might think actually this might work better yeah, makes sense if they knew why exactly they were doing it so yeah it's it's um an exciting journey I bet. it sounds it sounds incredible sounds incredible yeah. seriously so thank you so much Vanessa for coming on uh this conversation has been super inspiring um I've really really enjoyed your company so thank you so much oh no worries it's been a pleasure and nice to see you both and yourself thank you all right then see you later Let's see you bye-bye <laughs> so that is the end of this episode we had a really really great chat with vanessa thank you so much again for coming on to our show it's your girl rex and i'm carly thank you so much for watching this week's episode we're definitely looking forward to catching back up with vanessa in the future especially to see where she's gone with that software company it's absolutely incredible what her and her team are doing there so we will see the rest of you next week. Peace.